Okay, let's go to the phone and uh, bring in uh, one more guest today, a person who's been on the show before. And as we mentioned, we're, uh, we're doing a couple of political things today. And the next one is uh, with our friend Beth Bercolio Osmond. Uh, she's the co-owner of Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm CSA in Ottawa, Illinois, um, and is running for Congress in the 16th Congressional District. Beth, good morning. Good morning, Mike. It's it's good to talk to you again. Uh, how's how's the campaign going? It's been going great. Uh, it's keeping me busy, but I'm really enjoying my time meeting all the people. Well, many of the people in my district. Uh, I'll bet. And uh, you explain uh, where the the 16th district is because that's a huge district, and it covers. Uh, goes from uh, the Wisconsin border, wraps around the outside of Chicago to the Indiana border. So tell me what it's been like to, uh, trying to talk to all the folks in the district. It's really been a challenge. Um, last week I was up in Durand, Illinois, which is very near the Wisconsin border. Um, that was on Tuesday night, and I've been all throughout the district um, all the way down to last night, I was in Milford, Illinois, which is way down in the southern part of the district. And so I put a lot of miles on the minivan, but it's been great to get out and talk to lots of people. I've also been focusing really hard on the, the I-80 corridor, Morris, Ottawa, oh. LaSalle, Putnam County. Those are those are the places where I'm, I'm familiar with and I, and I know the people, and so those are those have been you know, easier, easier hits to, to, to visit lots of great spaghetti suppers and fish dinners and a pancake breakfast this morning all around my own neighborhood. And, and you're one of, just to let people know what's going on, we've got the, uh, the primary coming up on the 20th, and in the 16th district, you're running against four, uh, three other people in the Democratic primary. Now, ultimately, the winner of that primary will go up against Adam Kinzinger from mm -hmm the 16th district who's primaried himself he didn't have any opposition in 2016 and he's getting primaried in the republican side but you've got four democrats so i imagine that you've shown up at most of these events with the other three democrats and you're getting to know them pretty well i would think i sure am and you know i have to say that the, the comments that i've heard most honestly is it's a hard choice because um whoever comes out of this primary is, is going to be a good choice to, to run against Adam Kinzinger. He, he ran, like you said, completely unopposed. There wasn't even a Democratic name on the ballot in 2016. And in the, the two years before, the two election cycles before that, there was a Democrat slated in who didn't have a lot of momentum or a lot of support. So this primary has been really good for our party. I know all of us have gotten better. We've gotten more articulate we've gotten more able to express ourselves as this primary has gone on so i think it's been good not only for for me personally it's been a terrific learning experience but i think it's been good for our party because there's so much more enthusiasm this year that we stand a real chance of turning this this very red seat blue as you say it's a it's a red district so i imagine one of the things that's happening as you go around is people are saying Oh, I didn't know that Democrats ran in this district anymore. Um, <laughs> and I imagine so. What's that like? Are you are are people surprised to see the the strength of the Democratic Party in the 16th district? Uh, what kind of questions do you get in regard to that? 
You know, I think for the most part, the the folks that we've been that I've been talking to are relieved to see that there's still a Democratic Party. I think one of the things that the Democrats have done in general that that has hurt the party is we've ignored rural spaces. We we have we've said you know we're 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 good we're we're in the the urban and we're in the suburban, and that's where our support is. But you know, there's a lot of people in the 16th district that care about the same things that I do, and I've been talking a lot about being a rural progressive. And to me, that means, you know, I know that people here, just like just like all over our country, care about their land and their livelihoods and their communities. And, Mike, those are the same things that Democrats care about. We just call them different things because we talk about the environment and we talk about a living wage and, and strong union jobs. And we talk about the social safety net and taking care of people. So really, we're talking what's, about what's... the same things. We just need to make sure that we are out there letting people know that, that there are representatives who want to, to hear their voices and, and take those perspectives to Washington. Beth, I was wondering what surprises you're getting. As, you know, as, as you're saying, you're finding how people are viewing the Democratic Party. Are, are you getting surprises on what the interests are, what the questions and the concerns are in the more rural environment? Well, you know, a lot of the same questions come up that, that we see everywhere. Um, people are concerned about guns. People are concerned about jobs. People are concerned about tariffs. And, and, and all of those things that we see on the national, national news, they affect us out here in the small towns just as much as they affect anybody. Um, and, and some of the stuff that's been going on lately, like the the Trump administration starts threatening to start a trade war, that's going to hurt my constituents first because agriculture is one of the few places where we consistently have a trade surplus. And the farmers are, are going to be, are going to be the first ones harmed in a trade war. So those are things that, you know, not only Democrats haven't been listening to, to rural constituents, but, most people in power haven't been, and we need to we need to fix that because those are those are really important important parts of our our communities. They're important parts of our our district, and, and they're they're important citizens. And of course, uh, I know you because of your work in sustainable farming. Uh, I know that you're an, an environmental candidate, and I'm assuming you know we're going to be talking to meteorologist Rick DeMaio in just a few minutes. Uh, in the last week, again. The effects of climate change are very evident in your district because you got pounded. Parts of the district got pounded with rain. What are you telling them about that? Absolutely. You know, we had a, a question yesterday in a forum about, you know, the environment and, and, and what we want to do, you know, what, asking each of us what, what, what our priorities there are. And it really is affecting my district. It's, it's a district of rivers. Um, and here in Ottawa, we've had our third or fourth century flood here in, in about the past 10 years. So the math doesn't work on that. You know, we are seeing the effects of, of, of climate change, and we need to address that. We've got a lot of uh, wind energy here in the district. I was just at our, our local high school for a pancake breakfast where they have solar panels installed. So it's a $29 billion green energy industry. And we need to be protecting that and promoting that. 
and coal and 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 those sorts of of industries you know we need to make sure we're taking care of the people if if they're if they're if they're losing their jobs if they need retraining absolutely but we don't need to be propping up those those legacy polluting carbon emitting fuels because we have better alternatives and jobs that are are created by installation and maintenance of these green energy uh, systems, those can't be outsourced. It's not, I, you, you've seen those big wind turbines driving out around here. Those aren't going to be yeah, moved yeah. offshore. So that, that's a win-win, both environmentally and economically. Well, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the program, the primary is coming up uh, March 20th. So obviously you're, now you're getting into the home stretch. What are your appearances like in the next couple of weeks? Well, we are just about done with the uh, the forums. We've had a lot of those. We've we're, we've gotten out and and gotten in front of big groups of voters with all four of us and and made our pitches. So the past, the next couple of weeks are really just a lot of personal getting out. Like I said, going to fish fries and pancake dinners and fr- and <laughs> supporters' living rooms and meeting people and 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 one on one. And and that's really been the best part of this whole process is. Is just getting out and talking to people. So I've got a lot more of that coming up in the next two weeks, two and a half weeks. All right. Well, that's, that's Beth Vercolio Osmond. Now, the, as I said, uh, the voting starts in earnest in Chicago tomorrow. I know there's early voting in a lot of places. What I'm going to tell you, folks, again, is please vote. Whether you vote for her, whether you vote for one of her uh, Democratic uh, candidate uh, uh, rivals, uh, that's whatever. Uh, get out and vote. Participate in your democracy. I mean, obviously, I'm supporting Beth because I, I like what she stands for, but uh, I'm just urging you to vote. Beth, uh, uh, good luck, and uh, we'll talk real soon.